Hello, I'm on Senior General Santi. Today, I'm personally speaking. I'll be joined by Dave Gordon. Dave is a motivator, speaker, author, and inspirational coach who is also a Catholic convert. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Losanti, and Dave Gordon joins me now. Dave is an internationally recognized brand, marketing, and communications expert. He's the co-founder of Gordon Creative, a brand alignment and communications company, and he's also the chief marketing officer of Gallagher Bassett, an organization dedicated to helping people overcome loss, injury, and adversity. Dave's first book is called Tip a simple strategy to inspire high performance and lasting success. And his focus is on helping people identify, communicate, and deliver their unique value to build stronger, more positive personal team and corporate brands. Dave is married wonderfully to Kate and is the father of three terrific children. He's also a convert to the Catholic faith, and he's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his family, and the faith and the values that sustain him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Dave Gordon. Thanks, Dave, for coming on our show. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here. Dave, I've got to ask you, uh, we're, we're doing this, um, uh, you know, at a very, very critical time. I'm wondering for a guy who, in so many ways, lifts people up, motivates them to be better at what they do and better even as people. Have you got any insight, because I'm always looking for insight, as I think people are around the country and around the world, on how to put in perspective um, the, the the anxiety, the fear, the uh, the sense of loss that we're going through with this uh, coronavirus um, tragedy. Yeah, I, I think it's hard for everybody because there's the normal is gone, right? It's almost like it's almost like you have to mourn um, the way we were because now it's a new normal. And I guess I, I, mean, I guess that's the essence of the book in a way. The book is a it's a fable about a guy who gets fired from his job after 10 years, and suddenly he has to face uh, a a new normal in his life. And he has no prospects, he's fearful, he's got anxiety, and he's not sure what he's going to do. And then he encounters, uh, I guess you could say, a mentor or a sage, kind of like what you are to me in a way, uh, Monsignor Jim. Um, And he has this... this, uh, this, this sage that tells him, okay, you've got to look inside yourself. And I guess if there's any piece of advice I could give for people who feel that sense of anxiety and, oh, my God, what's coming next, it's really to slow down and look inside yourself. Um, because we keep looking to the external. We look at the news, and we hear all these stories about new cases and new deaths, and, and we start to do that, that negative spiral. And what we need to do is really just pull back a little bit and look within ourselves, knowing that we have the strength to get through this. And we're we're all going to get through it together, and we will overcome this, um, but to really look inside yourself. Does that make sense? It does. makes a lot of sense. And, you know, your book is so timely. The book is called Tip by Dave Gordon. Um, So many people in our culture, and I guess I'm as guilty as anybody of that, believe I am what I do. 
And now we're hearing even today in the headlines of the papers that millions, literally millions of Americans have overnight lost their jobs. So if I am what I do and I'm not doing it anymore and I have no idea when I'll find something else to do, how do I hold on to hope? And, uh, and Tip, your book gives insight into how we develop that sense of hope. Um, let's go back into your personal experience. Any man that has the kind of insight into holding on to hope and, uh, and, and not allowing life to crush him must have himself had some experience of that. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, mountaintops, but also the valleys in the life of Dave Gordon? Oh, God, sure. Well, Tip is, um, it's a very personal story. Um, it is fiction, but there are a lot of moments in there that are based on my life. Uh, I went to Johns Hopkins to be a doctor. That lasted one semester and a 28 average in <laughs> chemistry, so that, that was not going to work out for me. Um, but sometimes when you find the thing that you're really not meant to do, it, it points you in a different direction. And so I got into their uh, writing seminars program, which then allowed me to work with Edward Albee, who was a famous uh, Pulitzer-winning sure. playwright. And I caught the acting bug, and so I ended up in New York and Los Angeles for 10 years being an actor, which means that I'm also a bartender because that's the only way you're going to make a living. <laughs> um, and so it was really during those years as a, as a bartender that uh, I, you know, I grew up a shy kid, even though I was an actor, I was more of an introvert, but being a bartender allowed me to meet people um, from all different walks of life. And so it was new that I was going to do something with that that scene, that scenario. Um, needless to say, that was that was a high for me when I would uh, when I would get an acting job, but also a low when you know when you still had to pay the rent. So when my third child was on the way, I uh, well, my wife told me I needed to get a real job. That wasn't my decision. No, it was, it was our it was our decision. But I went into the marketing, uh, the the experiential marketing. Uh, world and spent about 15 years there really cutting my teeth on working with some really strong brands um, and how to engage customers. And so for 15 years I did that, which helped inspire uh, myself to open up my own consulting uh, firm. And that's where I focused a lot on branding and not just for companies, but for people. And I guess that's the essence of, of tip of the book, which is really about personal branding. So to your point about how do people define themselves, um, if I ask somebody, and, and I do presentations you know, all over the world, and when I ask an audience, you know, so what do you do? People will always tell me their job. They'll tell me their industry. They'll tell me uh, all the things that they, uh, that they are based on their work, but not necessarily what they, what they do. So I always like to tell people, you know, if, if I meet you for the first time, you can't tell me your job. If I ask you what you do, you have to start with the phrase, I help people. Yeah. So if you can define yourself by how you help others, then that changes the whole conversation. It changes the dynamic and it really changes the way you look at yourself. So how do you help people? That's in essence how you really should define yourself. And then the title won't matter and the job won't matter because you know that there's a purpose there that you're meant to fulfill. And so if it's not this job, if it's another job, when you've got 3.5 million people you know, now on unemployment wondering where the next paycheck is going to come from and the next job is going to come from, there's anxiety there. But if they can focus in on what they're meant to do in terms of helping others, I think that's going to give them some peace and at least give them some time to think about who am I and what am I really meant to do in this world. 
Our guest is Dave Gordon. He's written a book called Tip T I P, which is worth everyone picking up and reading. Now, I got to talk about the what you what you do in the broad sphere. Sphere. Uh, Dave Gordon is identified as a keynote speaker, an author, a coach, uh, a brand, a communications expert. Most people would presume that anyone who can get up and motivate people to embrace their deeper selves and to find their meaning in life must be himself full of, of uh, an innate confidence. You've already shared with us in this interview that, no, I wasn't necessarily the most confident guy in the world. Um, I mentioned all that by way of background on uh, Dave earlier mentioned that he's not only married to Kate but also has three children. Have you figured out a way as a parent, Dave, parents can best instill confidence in their own children? Wow, what a, what a great question. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own style. I, I think for me, it's always been about helping them find their strengths. Um, you know, I have three kids. They're all very different. Uh, they all make fun of each other. They all learn differently. Um, <laughs> they all have different talents. Uh, they've all been, you know, I was, I played football in college and Kate ran, uh, in college. So, you know, athletics was a big part for us. Um, my son was a runner, uh, who eventually decided in college he didn't want to run anymore and he went into the, uh, the news business and now he works over at NBC as a video editor. So really proud of him there. Um, my oldest daughter, my middle child, uh, was a, was a division one long distance swimmer and now she works in the insurance industry. And my youngest is a lacrosse player at Northwestern, uh, studying marketing and communications. And each one of them, I think, um, is very confident and yet also insecure in their own ways. And what, what Kate and I have always done is tried to help them make the best decisions. I mean, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I think as a parent, you know, we are the decisions that we make in our lives. And I've made some good ones and I've made some bad ones along the way. And I think as a parent, we always want our kids to make the best decisions, knowing full well they're going to make their own mistakes. But if you can instill in them a good sense of identity of who they are based on their strengths and teach them how to communicate and act in a certain way that aligns with with the values of the family, but also the unique value that they can bring to the world, then to me, that's good parenting. It's really, it's not about you, it's about them and helping them find their purpose in life and and if we can do that then then our job is is done and then we can just sit back and and relax i guess but i guess that never happens too so (laughs) but uh (laughs) but i think but i think um for me it's always about trying to help them make the best decisions and minimize their mistakes knowing full well like i said that we're all going to make mistakes in our life Sure. Dave Gordon's our guest. His book is called Tip. He's a internationally known keynote speaker and communications expert. You know, we had a, a guest on our show some years ago, Sam Haskell, who is a major talent uh, in the uh, Hollywood industry. And he talked about the importance of his mother in his life and uh, specifically what he learned positively from her, but also learning from the negative. And he uses as an example the fact that uh, when you go home to his dad, he'd uh, say things like, hey, Dad, I had a street test today, and I got a 97. And his father would respond, well, what did you get wrong? And he, he, he learned early on that uh, that kind of negativity can so devastate an impact on a child, especially. When you and Kate are raising children, do you, do you challenge each other in terms of, uh, hey, let's go positive, let's be careful of slipping into the negative? In a good marriage, in any marriage, is that what couples are supposed to do for each other? Oh, absolutely. 
I mean, we we all take turns. I think that, that's <laughs> we, we take turns being negative and positive, and then we we lift each other up. Or you know, we'll be, oh, you were too hard on him, or you were too soft on her, or you know, that wasn't consistent with what we did with the other one. Um, mm. I think we're always calling each other out to make sure that we're we're uh, staying uh, the course uh, of what our plan is. You know, for the family. Um, but I grew up in, in that same kind of house. My dad was an undercover narcotics cop. And so you'd come downstairs in the morning and you'd say, good morning. And he'd say, what's so good about it? And that's the way you start <laughs> your day. Right. So I think that, um, I think that we all have parents that, uh, I, I'll put it up. My dad, and I love my dad and he passed away a few years ago. Um, uh, he was the most loving man, but also one of the most negative people on the planet. And I think that as a parent, uh, our, our obligation or our, our job really should be um, to try to create an environment that is um, aspirational for our children, mm-hmm. that, that, that we don't stand in the way. We might not necessarily give them all the best advice at every time, but to make sure that they understand that there shouldn't be anything holding them back. And I think that's really the essence of what we, we try to do is really give them, you know, the, that, um, that doorway into whatever is possible. So if one of us, Kate or myself, suddenly tries to close that door a little bit, not, not of course, not on purpose, but, again, we're bringing in our own baggage from our own parents, um, we call each other out. And I think that's okay as long as that is uh, part of uh, the, the agreement between, mm-hmm. uh, between the parents. But, yeah, that's what we do. Dave Gordon is our guest. His book is called Tip. And uh, if you read Tip, what you find is that um, Dave Gordon is all about self-discovery. And I find it interesting that when you're talking about your dad, you'll say, you know, I love him to death, but at the same time, I know he could be a negative person. And and I would learn from that what I don't want to be as well as what I want to be, the good from my dad. But um, that ability to be a self-discoverer, most people run from that, Dave. They, they're, they're frightened of what they're going to find if they look too deeply into what makes them who they are. Uh, you've moved past that fear. How did you do that? A lot of, a lot of years and some therapy. No, um, what I did was basically really realize that by looking at myself, that was the only way uh, I was going to truly uh, get out of my own way. And it's interesting where I learned it, the, the, the strategy. So the book is a story. It's really a, a fable with a strategy in the back. And, and the strategy mm-hmm. is, is really a marketing strategy or a branding strategy. When I've worked with companies in the past um, or, you know, products and services, the first thing you do when you're looking at, a, at developing a new brand is you do a focus group. And so whatever your product is, you kind of put it in front of people and you say, what do you think of this? And I think to your point, a lot of people are unwilling to do that. They're very, very eager to tell somebody else who they are and what's wrong with them or what's right with them. But it's very hard to look in the mirror and say, okay, who are you and, and what do you stand for? And so what I really learned along the way was by applying these brand-building principles to human behaviors and, and then actually did it myself, I realized that it wasn't that scary if I was asking people what they thought of my brand, basically who I am, what I stand for, uh, how I come across, what my intentions are, um, versus what do they think of me. So by, mm-hmm. by applying it to a brand principle, it was a lot easier to take the feedback of, well, your brand makes me feel this way or that way. 
And so I think people need to be willing to hear that. If you're not willing to hear it, then chances are you're not open to that discovery at that point. But if you're willing to go to seven or eight people and call them your you know, advisory focus group, let's say, and you get the feedback, then you realize that the, what you're putting out there to the world, you might not be uh, intentional about it, but your brand is being perceived in a different way. So I always like to say that if you don't define your brand, then other people will do it for you. And so it's those people that really decide, hey, I want to be known for a certain thing, and then go out there into the world and communicate and act as if that, that is their brand every single day. They're going to have much more of an impact on the world and be much more consistent you know, with everybody that they interact with. Please stay with us. We'll be back with more of our interview with author and communications expert Dave Gordon in just a moment. Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. Our guest today, I'm personally speaking, is Dave Gordon, the author of a new book called Tip. The subtitle, which I love, is A Simple Strategy to Inspire High Performance and Lasting Success. Now, you are the expert in many ways, and you, you make an international career trying to teach people how to make a difference by positive communication, and that to be a leader, you've got to be a positive communicator. Now, I'm going to get you into some quicksand here. Um, we, we're faced with this choice, and I'm not going near which choice anybody wants. But So we've got Mr. Biden probably and Mr. Trump. Neither one of them is known as someone who is always positive. In fact, they, they go very significantly negative on each other and whoever they happen to be opposing. Is it possible to be a national or international leader and remain positive in communication as a leader? Or have we moved past that? Are we in such a negative position as a society that the only way to win is to negatively bring down whoever's opposing you? Um, can you imagine a scene or a future or even something in our past where someone would be a positive leader who would communicate by building up the, the people in the country more than uh, personally ad hominem attacks against the opponent? I do. I think, I think, I think we're going to get so negative that people aren't going to respond well to it. And if you get the right person who's communicating in a positive, but not a Pollyanna way, I think mm -hmm. that we need positivity. We need someone to embrace um, the positive language that we use, but not positive in terms of marketing type of, you know, filler language. I mean, whatever your politics are, um, I, you know, I think he's, he's getting a lot of play here during the, this coronavirus crisis is Andrew Cuomo in New York. 
I mean, yeah. he's getting a lot of positive feedback because maybe not for his political side, but it, the way he's handling the crisis, he's mm-hmm. not knocking anybody down. He's basically saying, here's what we need. Here are the facts. He's presenting facts. Then he'll tell you, okay, here's the emotional part. But he's really, what I, at least I, I see it as, is he's, he's communicating in a way that's helping people feel a bit more confident about their situation and it's less about him and also i just saw him today on his uh his update where he was talking to the national guard and basically saying how proud he was of the national guard proud how proud he was of the nurses and the people on the front line and mm-hmm. i think that's if you bring it back to parenting and you bring it back to leadership if you have a leader that's always telling you how proud they are and then telling you why they're proud, proud to be a leader in this country, proud to be a leader of a company, whatever it is, you can get behind that. i got to go more personal now, Dave, to you. Um, one of the forces in your life that helps you, I hope, to be a better man is the choice you made many years ago to marry Kate. Now, you know it's my habit to ask people why. Why have all the people, all the possibilities, all the choices out there? Do you know why you chose her? I do. It's uh, It's been 27 years, um, and we talk about this all the time. And on our anniversary, we usually pull out that, that list that you made us write before our wedding. Um, <laughs> and so I can still say without a doubt that the reason I picked her was um, because she makes me a better person. I'm, I'm definitely not complete without her. I think that when you find someone who gives you the strength to be the best version of yourself, um, yeah. then you've got someone that you can, you should hold on to forever. And uh, Kate and I have had our, as you talked about, peaks and valleys uh, throughout our relationship. But yeah. uh, I know that I, I made the right choice because she never allowed me to not be the best version of myself. And I tried to do the same for her. And I think if you're someone who can, uh, as you know, my, I dedicated the book to her um, because... Uh, the book is basically about knowing who you are. And so uh, there's that quote, uh, I think you're a fan of uh, the movie Moonstruck as well. Yes. Um, and, uh, and there's a quote in there, and uh, she said, you know, because I know who I am. And my wife says yeah. that all the time. And mm-hmm. so the quote in the, in the dedication is because you know who you are. And when you know who you are, then uh, the, every decision you make in life is based on that direction of where you want to go and where you want to take your loved ones with you. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I picked the right person because uh, I truly can say that I would not be who I am today without her. Dave Gordon talking about his wife, Kate, 27 years married, and uh, uh, related to that marriage for a second, if I can, uh, for those who might not know Dave Gordon, aside from being this keynote speaker and author and coach and brand and communications expert, is also someone who's made a journey of faith, uh, converted to the uh, Catholic faith some years ago. But because you've been in the church and you've watched us up close, um, and because you're so good at what you do in terms of helping people to better communicate, uh, we, we have lots of baggage in the church right now, you know, the scandal and everything else, and trying to recover from that, as well as everything else that goes on in the world. Um, do you, as a guy who's come as an adult to the church, have any insight into 
how we do better what we do. How do we better communicate in the church the values that are wonderful values but have been lost in the midst of all the uh, the crisis and the scandal and the, the problems of the past 20 or 30 years. If, if somebody in the church would listen to you and say, Dave, you teach people the road back to more effective communication, uh, how, to, how to make their brand something that's meaningful for more people, what should we be doing? What might we be doing to do a better job? Wow, that is a, a really tough question for somebody like me to, to tell somebody like you uh, who's been doing this for so long. Um, for me, it's always about knowing your audience. And I think that, um, you know, as a, I guess you could say, uh, a newcomer to the church, uh, not a newcomer, I've been there for a number of years now, but to make my own decision to do that, you know, and not because my family uh, made me do it. Um, when I go to church, there's a sense of peace. And I think that if there's, if there's no peace in the church, then people won't come. So I think that the big question is how do you make people feel peaceful to be a part uh, of the church? And I know there are rituals that should always be rituals, um, but how do you convey that? How do you bring that out? And I've, I've gone to a number of different um, Catholic churches that will instill music or different kinds of music or uh, modern video screens or whatever it is. And, and I think that if the church kind of looks at their audience and says, okay, we have a, a certain demographic here um, and we want to bring more people into the church, how do we do that? Uh, it's the way people want to be um, uh, taught, the way people want to feel their sense of peace. So I'm not saying we should start doing big giant video screens and rock concerts or anything like that. Mm. But I think if we pay attention to the changing demographic of the church and want to attract people, again, I'm a, I'm a brand and marketing guy, we've got to listen to our audience and, again, go, going back to the focus group, not be so stuck in our ways to say, well, this is the way it's always been and the way it always should be. Uh, right. And I think you're, you're a great testament to that. I love the way you run your mass, and when you get up and you do your homilies, um, I mean, you have a packed house every time. And why is that? And I think it's because of the way you communicate. Just for my listeners, Dave, how do they get copies of TIP? Where would they best find the book? Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's, it's being sold everywhere, so you can just go on Amazon, which is what most people do, Barnes & Noble. Uh, if you just Google uh, Dave Gordon TIP book, um, you know, there's a number of different places that you can get it, or you can just go straight to uh, my website, which is davegordon.net. Uh, and that'll give you all the information there as well. But it's pretty much everywhere you buy books, it's available. I want to thank Dave Gordon for being our guest, for his writing, his speaking, his honesty, his openness, his willingness to share his human journey, and uh, happily his willingness to, in public just now, share the beauty of uh, a guy who has uh, walked through those mountaintops and valleys and uh, is still every day learning and sharing what he learns with so many of us who are grateful for the lessons. David, thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us today. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can go to our website, which is www.CloseEncounterTV.com. CloseEncounterTV.com. Personally speaking, is also a podcast with some of our most recent shows. I can go to YouTube and search Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti and subscribe there. We'd love to have you be a subscriber to Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti on YouTube. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iHeart, and on Spotify. 
You can also listen to past episodes by going to, once again, www.closeencountertv.com and clicking on the radio button at the top of the page. And additionally, personally speaking, episodes are on www.ollmp.org, where you'll not only uh, get our past shows, but also Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. I'd like to uh, tell you that I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Our engineer is Chris Wallach, and our audio facility is Dream Recording Studios in Belmore, Long Island, New York. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.